Hello and welcome back to Guys Who Hate Their Jobs. I'm your host, Martin, and this podcast is brought to you by risingcbd.com. Enter discount code podcast to risingcbd.com and you will get 10% off your entire order. So I'm just going to recover or recap basically the weekend of football. I'm only going to talk about the the games I actually watched cuz I mean, we know most sportscasters and all of them. They don't they don't actually watch every game. They just give their opinion. You you kind of wonder how many they do watch. But anyway, so starting with Thursday on uh, Thursday, October 11th, Eagles versus Giants. If you watched it, you knew it was pretty much an entirely one-sided game. Saquon Barkley on 13 carries had 130 yards on the ground and a touchdown and almost eclipsed 100 yards receiving. It was very one-sided. They lost, or the Giants lost 34-13. And a few things became evident, and I think it's worth talking about is that Eli Manning is the only quarterback we've ever seen who can be so inconsistent yet still have a job. One thing in the NFL that we're always looking for is consistency. Think about a guy like Drew Brees. He's consistent year in and year out. Well, he's a Hall of Famer. Let's talk about a guy who might not be a Hall of Famer, someone like Matt Ryan, who at this point in his career would probably just go down as a good quarterback. Um, but never a Hall of Famer. He he might not have hit that point yet. Anyway, so a guy like Matt Ryan, even he's consistent. He's consistent. You know what you're going to get out of him, game in, game out, year in, year out. Sometimes he does well, sometimes he doesn't do well, but for the most part, over 16 games in the regular season, you know what you're going to get. With Eli Manning, There's never been a quarterback that ever got this much slack. Eli Manning puts up Nathan Peterman numbers. Eli Manning is no longer a good football player. He's not. He he absolutely needs to retire. And, And the problem that we face is that because of the two Super Bowls he won... He gets a pass, and every quarterback is going to get that type of pass, and and they deserve it. If you have a, a bad year as a quarterback who won two Super Bowls, um, you're most likely not going to get benched. So it makes sense why for so long that Giants have stood by Eli Manning, but it's just not going to happen anymore. Eli Manning, he he looks everything looks rushed. He can't move outside the pocket, and even inside the pocket, he's throwing interceptions uh, way more than touchdowns. So what what the problem we're facing is with Eli Manning is it's just time to move on. The Eagles looked very, very good this, uh, this game, and that's actually pretty indicative that they're starting to find their form. They're finally 3-3. Uh, three and three. And Carson Wentz had a pretty good game. He had threw three TD passes. I think it was like 275 through the air and uh, 275 yards through the air. And and it's, it looks like they're finding their form again. Um, this is a team that they their wide receivers are finally healthy. Um, and and the running game isn't with Wendell Smallwood playing and uh, Corey Clement. And that's not the backfield they imagined going into this season. But there's a lot of trade talk about LaShawn McCoy and and different players throughout the league. I think they stay with Corey Clement and Smallwood. I, I mean, in a game like this, they showed that they don't need 
the guy at running back the Eagles are good enough where if you throw a few different at least backs that can get the job done then they'll be fine Carson Wentz is looking better we'll see how that goes the Cardinals versus Vikings the Cardinals are terrible they're absolutely terrible um, what what the problem is is Mike McCoy. His offense is horrible. It we've we're never going to see Larry Fitzgerald have such a bad year. And I watched the Cardinals when they had Kevin Cobb at quarterback and Ryan Lindley. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald didn't even have this bad of a season. And it's not necessarily a problem with Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen has got some flashes and made throws that most quarterbacks couldn't make. Most quarterbacks could not make some of the throws that Josh Rosen's making, and I believe that it's a disservice to Josh Rosen to have Mike McCoy calling the plays. Josh Rosen is, he if he were in New York, the New York Jets, that's the situation that Sam Darnold has, I think you'd see a lot of the similarities. Right now, Sam Darnold is having a great year and impressing a lot of people as a first-year quarterback. I think that very easily could be Rosen. However, it's just not going to happen if you don't have the leadership. If the guy giving you instructions and you follow them and you're, you're talented enough to win games, but someone who's given you instructions completely uh, are the opposite of what's a winning recipe for success in the NFL, that's what you're going to get out of him. Uh, he didn't have a passing touchdown 240 yards, 21 for 31 passing, and an interception. He's not bad. The offense is bad. And that also brings me to David Johnson. David Johnson is one of the most underutilized running backs in the NFL. We saw him have 2,000 yards from scrimmage two years ago for a season. So I, you know the talent's there. We just signed him for a four-year deal, I believe it is, over $30 million. We know David Johnson has a talent, and you see flashes of it where he's doing everything he can with the plays that are being called. He's a talented back, yet he Mike McCoy just keeps calling plays right up the middle, and they're just averaging three to four yards. And where David Johnson does his best work is, yeah, run it in the middle, but then when he bounces outside, he's fast enough to, to beat a lot of the defensive ends in in football so it's 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 pretty sad to watch and he's going to lose his job so I don't feel too terrible for it but you're I mean you've got one of the best running backs in the league and you refuse to use him you got a quarterback who's actually serviceable I think Josh Rosen is better than a lot of backups in the league I think he's better than uh, Sam Bradford right now so there's no reason we should be this bad we should be bad but we shouldn't be this bad uh, let's see. I did. Let's see. The Seahawks and Raiders. Oh, this one was tough to watch. Um, the Raiders are, I think it's a little bit, I've watched a lot of Raiders games this year and they always seem like they're a few plays from getting it done. But, um, luck, not luck. I mean, you can't blame it all on luck. It, it, it's more of just a lack of execution on a few plays. And those few plays end up making the difference in the uh, totality of the game. So in the end, it comes down to just wins and lose wins and losses. And they got murdered by the Seahawks 27 to three. And Derek Carr cried in this game. So that kind of goes to show you what their season has looked like this year. 
John Gruden gets the majority of the heat, and that makes sense because he, he's the guy making $100 million as a coach um, over the next 10 years and has all the decision-making power for the team. So in the end, it's it's his fault. They're 1-5, and, and the Raiders, they're, they're just... We had big hopes for the Raiders about two years ago. They they were one of the top teams in the AFC and were talked about as one of the top teams in the league. Derek Carr was going to be the next big quarterback, yet we've seen nothing but disappointment from them. It's going to take, I think this year, uh, we, we know what to expect. It's going to be a losing season, and but at, at least, hopefully with the second half of the season, we might see John Gruden implement things that show hope for the future. But right now, he just he gets out coached. The game changed in ten years. Who would have guessed? <laughs> I mean, games. Every sport is changing. Baseball changed, and it's been played for well over a hundred years. So, with that said, you know the game changes. Ten years is it's like a hundred in in sports. Things are often you know adapting things are constantly adapting in in the sport the bears and dolphins dolphins won this with brock osweiler starting and i was so happy about brock osweiler at the start of his career because he went to asu so i know i was wearing the rose tainted glasses but you know the size he's six eight he's uh you know, he, he's 6'8". He can kind of run if he needs to, but obviously not known as a runner. I liked what he had to bring to the table. And he, he's he's one of those quarterbacks that if he's being utilized correctly, you can see flashes of of what makes him, a, like, what, what makes him belong in the NFL. Now, when the Texans overpaid him, paid him like $70 million dollars, they, they paid him to be a starting quarterback, and that's not what he is. We figured out very quickly, and in the NFL, uh, when you're going against time, time will always show what a quarterback or what the player really is capable of. Brock Osweiler was known as one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and that's one of the worst contracts in the league. But if we reshift, if we shift the, the paradigm to, okay, Brock Osweiler is not a starting quarterback, He's a backup quarterback. And if you look at his numbers, he's, you know, if the expectation is for him to be a backup, I think he will exceed those expectations, even though as a starter, he's horrible. He's he's not better than Josh McCown, who's been a lifetime backup and then failed when he was giving a starting job in, in Tampa Bay. But Nonetheless, if you just look at him as a second stringer to come in and win you a game against the Bears, which is known as a tough, tough defense to play against. So he was able to do it 380 yards on 28 of 44 passing and three touchdowns. Frank Gore exceeded uh, Kenyon Drake in the game at 15 carries, 101 yards. He was the first Miami 100-yard rusher since the 2017 season so that's that's interesting dolphins are four and two and bears are three and two we'll see it was awesome overtime game the Kenyon drake ended up fumbling at the one same with uh jordan howard it, it was a mess but it, it was it was fun to watch the rams and broncos so we're seeing that the rams their entire offense is 
predicated on the run game. And that's good because they have Todd Gurley, who is the best running back in the league, arguably the best, but most most people would say right now he is. And that that entire that entire at first we thought Sean McVay is an offensive genius and we get blown away by the passes. He is an offensive genius, but he's built this team around the run and that's what makes the pass the the pass offense so effective. It's because he'll run the ball down your throat for and Todd Gurley will pick up 5 yards, 6 yards, 4 yards, 8 yards and they're just moving the sticks running the ball. They could probably run the ball every play. Let's pretend they got the ball at the touchback and it's at the 25. They could run the ball most likely into the other team's just consecutive running plays into the other team's, you know, 45-yard line. That's how good they are before, you know, a team would just bring all 11 players. But that's that's how effective their run game is and that's what makes the pass game so effective is once they run the ball and pick up a first down running three you know two times two uh two series in a row um once they do that that opens up the pass game for brandon cooks you know um robert woods and cooper cup who looks like uh, they came out today that he sprained his mcl so in essence, it's not so much a passing offense, which we're inclined to believe if you look at Jared Goff's uh, passing um, statistics this year. It's more of a run. And if, if anything ever happened to their run, their, Jared Goff would not be able to win the game with his arm, which we're getting kind of tricked into believing. Then the Ravens and Titans. Oh my gosh, this one... I've watched way too many Titans games this year. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've watched way too many Titans games, and I can tell you that their record three and three. They should be, they should be one and five. This this Titans team is horrible, and we got tricked into thinking that Marcus Mariota is good. That's what we got tricked into thinking, and the last few years we're finally saying that he's not. Marcus Mariota takes so many sacks. The Ravens defense should be credited to a degree because they were getting to the quarterback. He didn't have a lot of time to throw. But Marcus Mariota, his inability to throw away the ball ever is what's causing him to get sacked constantly. And it's something that most quarterbacks by now have figured out. They figure, I mean, as a as a rookie, you see that often. Even second-year players, it's frowned upon if they can't get rid of the ball and constantly take a sack. This guy, you know, he he's he's been the year in the league for years and continues to to just allow defenses to sack him constantly. And let's pretend for a second that he's getting protection because on the plays that he's actually getting protection, he throws a bad ball. He the his passing game is just what carried him through college was the ability to both pass and run. Obviously, in Oregon, they kind of did something similar to the Rams did, where they'd they'd uh, they'd establish the running game and then beat you through the air when you weren't expecting it and you overplay the run. The Titans, Marcus Mariota can't necessarily run anymore, and I mean he tries, but it's not effective. He might pick up one first down, but you need to pick up multiple first downs if you're going to try and score. And so he has to beat you through the air. They've got talented receivers. Corey Davis is a receiver that if you're on any other team or a team with even a serviceable 
quarterback, Corey Davis would be putting up a thousand yards receiving in the air and, you know, easily 60, 70 receptions if he was even dealing with maybe a top 15 quarterback, but he's not. He's got Marcus Mariota, whose career looks like he's not going to be in the league too much longer. Um, maybe he continues to get starting jobs. He's made it to the playoffs a few times, surprisingly, but. I don't know. He, he He's not a good quarterback. And then finally, we have the Chiefs and Patriots. This game was everything and more of what it was expected to be. 40, uh, 43-40, to 40, uh, the Patriots beat the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, we're kind of starting to see that he does have some growing pains. They're not large. You know, he doesn't have a lot. He's not a project anymore. Um, however, the Patriots are the Patriots. You know, they did throughout the first three quarters, they did a pretty good job at limiting Tyreek Hill. If you were to look at the stat sheet, you'd be wondering what I'm talking about. But through the first three quarters, Tyreek Hill was limited pretty well. Patrick Mahomes looked like he was getting frustrated, which is exactly what the Patriots wanted uh, to happen. And so they kind of exposed Patrick Mahomes a little bit at first. And then towards the end of the game is when it, or second half is when it really became a game. And Patrick Mahomes was able to bring them back. And in typical Patriots fashion, with two minutes left, Tom Brady takes them down the field and and wins the game off a field goal. So what I would take away from this game, if I were a Chiefs fan, I would be very, very excited. Assuming this is going to be what the AFC championship game looks like, which it most likely will, Chiefs versus Patriots. But in football, you can never really predict these things. But if I were betting, then I would say it's Chiefs and Patriots this year in the AFC championship. And assuming that is the actual matchup we get, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, the Chiefs have a lot to be excited about. And, you know, one, one play or could make all the difference and they and they beat the Patriots. I mean, on that uh, rushing touchdown that Tom Brady had, he had no instance <laughs> baking that up. It was actually a defensive tackle who, uh, because of the changing rules in football about uh, roughing the passer, he had thought Tom Brady threw the ball and Tom Brady didn't. And he let go of Tom Brady and easily that could have uh, per, prevented a touchdown, but hey, that's the game. You can't if and or but the game all the time. You know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. At the same time, the Chiefs, you're starting a second year quarterback, and you look better than you were last year. We know everyone is saying on on all the major sports outlets that oh, the Chiefs were five and one last year, and they had a better point differential, but they had Alex Smith. That's exactly why they're a different look Chiefs. They might have the same record. They might have the same players. They might even, you know, have had a better point differential last year. But the thing is, is that we knew the ceiling of the Chiefs with Alex Smith. We don't know the ceiling, the ceiling of the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. And that's what the Chiefs should be most excited about is we haven't seen that. But we do know that Patrick Mahomes can torch defenses with his arm or with his legs. So what I'm most excited about and most likely, you know, this this guy really doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. So 
the Patriots did everything they can to could to uh, prevent Patrick Mahomes from winning the game, and he almost did in the in the end of the fourth quarter. Anyways, so I would say the Chiefs they might be uh, they might be in the Super Bowl this year. The Patriots just barely beat uh, Patrick Mahomes, and usually Bill Belichick has absolutely no problem taking advantage of a second-year quarterback. There is some stat that he was 23-0 and playing against quarterbacks who were under the age of 25. So, you know, that's... that. I, I got to stat check myself on that. But, um, yeah, he usually, you know, really is able to make it difficult for younger quarterbacks. But in this game, Patrick Mahomes threw for four touchdowns, had 352 yards through the air, and went 23 of 36 passing. So... We'll see how that looks. Thank you for listening to uh, this episode of the Guys Who Hate Their Jobs podcast. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you on the next episode.